No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. All right, girl. You ready to do this? Let's do it. A Darkness Within, Part 2. After Ben had sobered up enough to see the text I left him, I received a barrage of texts, calls, and voicemails from him. The messages consisted of Ben crying and pleading with me to please speak to him. He apologized over and over and made excuses to explain his behavior. I really didn't give a shit what he said. No amount of his fake tears and manipulative explanations were going to change what I heard with my own two ears. I know too well what his reaction would be because you're not answering the phone, he's freaking out, and then he gets obsessive. Calling, 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 texting, please pick up, please pick up. This is so what he does. I know. It's frantic, and so me being in your shoes, I'd be like, yeah, F you. My mom, I was talking to her today, and she goes, I cannot believe, sweet girl, all that happened. You, to you, that day, you kept your composure. I, I had no idea that you had just gone through all of that. Oh, and you didn't even tell your mom? I didn't tell anybody. I would have been boohooing, mom. I was, but I was in that weird, like, just muted, going through the motions like a robot. And so, so everyone's just probably dying to be like, oh my God, you just found out that horrible information and you had to sit there and smile and, and open gifts for your baby. Oh my God. I'm assuming once Ben didn't receive any response from me, he went into panic mode and decided to move into plan B. Next thing I know, I'm getting text messages from Ben's friend telling me that Ben is on the balcony of their hotel and he's threatening to jump off. Okay, wait a second. So Ben gets to act like a despicable moron, rip my heart out and spit on it, and now I'm the one who has to talk him off the ledge? Okay, this is gaslighting at its finest, folks. Ben's friend calls me once more and I finally answer. I'm extremely panicked at this point. Ben has never threatened to kill himself before and I start to believe that he actually might jump. I was put on speaker so I could hear what was happening. I could hear him sobbing and trying to speak to me, but his words were hard to make out. Ben's friend sounded extremely scared and really shook up. He kept saying that he has never seen him like this and he doesn't know what to do. Finally, with no emotion in my voice, I tell him, get down off the balcony, Ben. I'll speak to you. He threatened to commit suicide prior to that. I feel like this is when it really starts. Really started. This okay. is the beginning of it. Yeah. Did you? Were you freaking out? Like, oh my gosh. Or were yes. you just... I always get a little bit nervous that if I don't take it, you know, seriously enough and it did happen, will I ever be able to forgive myself? Ben takes the phone a few seconds later and says, hello, in a teary voice. I calmly tell him that what he has done is not worth killing himself over and that we will discuss everything once he is back home. We go back and forth a bit because he says he doesn't believe me and that I'm just saying that so that he doesn't jump. I tell him that that isn't the case at all. Ben finally believes me and he takes the next flight home. I had no intention of being with Ben anyway, 
but I didn't want my baby girl to grow up without a father. Therefore, I said what I felt I needed to say at that moment, just in case he really was crazy enough to kill himself. Regarding Athena and Ben's relationship, I felt there were issues early on. Athena would share that Ben and her would make plans for the future, but Athena would soon realize that it was all lies, backed up by more crazy stories, with the promise of better things to come. Athena kept a lot of what was happening for me, I think, hoping that he was going to change somehow, some way. Ben returns home that day, and I have no desire to fight with him or even discuss it. He, of course, apologizes profusely, and I just keep my distance. I knew what my plan was, and I had achieved the dollar amount needed to take maternity leave and then give Ben the boot finally. Mission accomplished. Approximately four weeks later, it was time to head to the hospital and meet our baby girl. When I was getting my epidural, the nurse moved the rocking chair right behind Ben. She asked him how he was with needles and that he just might want to take a seat. Ben tells her that he was fine with needles. After all the steroid injections, I thought that this man was definitely not shy around needles. I wasn't worried. When it was time for the anesthesiologist to insert the massive needle into my spine, Ben's face went white and he fell back right into the chair. The nurse chuckles a bit and she says not to worry, it actually happens all the time. A few hours later, the nurse checks me and says it was time to start pushing. The nurse heads off to get the doctor and Ben says he quickly needs to use the restroom. At this point, everyone was ready to deliver our baby, but Ben was still in the bathroom. I figured he must have been freaking out. The nurse knocks on the door and the doctor tells Ben that this baby isn't waiting and that he better step out or he's going to miss the delivery. Ben finally emerges, still looking pale and nervous. Ben stands next to me holding my hand and tells me how good I am doing. And after the easiest delivery and three pushes, my beautiful baby girl was lying on my chest. She was everything I dreamt about and more. An hour later, I told her, I said, I feel like the like she's there. Like I, I feel something. And so even she, with the epidural. Yes, you, you feel pressure. Feel. Yeah. And so she's like, well, we just checked you. But OK, like you never know. This is baby number two. She goes, I always have a saying about baby number two. For whatever reason, they come a lot faster. And I was just like, I could not be that lucky. Probably not. But okay sure whatever um and so sure enough she checks she goes okay her head was right there ready for me to push for her to come out oh my god after one hour and granted this is a 10-year gap between lexi and sydney so then she comes in august of 2009 ben had a smile on his face as he cut the umbilical cord there was a change in the way ben looked at that moment he suddenly appeared content and any facade of his tough guy exterior had vanished. It was like the innocent, childlike version of Ben was standing there next to me. I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. Maybe all of the fears he had built up in his head had suddenly disappeared once he saw her. All I knew was that I liked this Ben much, much more. Dr. Zimmer was like, come on, you need to come, you should see. I think he had said that he wasn't going to look, but then doctor, my doctor's like, come on, daddy. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't nice care. View. Nice view. Nice view. I'm just like, everybody's seen it now. You like, by the time you give birth once, you're like, everybody's seen my vagina. All the nurses, all the doctors, everybody coming to the room. It's just, anyway. Yeah. And so, definitely not shy. And so, um, he cuts the milk cord, and then 
you know, they bring her, they lift her on my chest. He cuts umbilical cord and he's just grinning ear to ear and just kind of it's fascinated. It's the coolest experience ever. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like kind of in shock, but not in a bad way, but um, just very wide eyed, like, wow. Oh, yeah. Like he really saw the miracle of birth and I think it did something to him in a good way. Sydney had the most beautiful honey brown eyes and chocolate brown hair. She looked so much like Ben, and he loved that. Once she was all wrapped in a warm blanket, they handed her to Ben. Ben proudly held his little baby girl, and he could not take his eyes off of her. He just smiled down at her, and he told her how much she looked like her daddy. Within seconds, Sydney decided to mark her territory by peeing all over her daddy's shirt. We all laughed about it, even Ben. And just like that, he was officially smitten. A few months go by, and the plan I had this entire pregnancy was looming in the back of my mind. Things were going so great at home, and I was struggling with what to do now that the time had finally arrived to give Ben the boot. Ben had moved all of my things back into the bedroom and waited on me hand and foot. Most nights, Sydney slept right on Ben's chest, and he absolutely loved it. I was enjoying the feeling of us all being a family. It was like Sydney had bonded Lexus, myself, and Ben back together. November was upon us, and Ben wanted to invite both our families over for Thanksgiving. The night before Thanksgiving, Ben had fallen asleep on the couch, and his phone was on the coffee table next to him. His phone kept vibrating over and over. Someone was clearly trying to get a hold of him. I picked up his phone and saw that his good friend from California was messaging him repeatedly. I scrolled back through the messages and saw that he was telling Ben that he was in town. Ben had actually told me that his friend was coming up again to visit family and friends. He seemed like a great guy every time we all hung out previously, so I told Ben to go out and enjoy an evening with his friend. To be honest, I was feeling a bit suffocated by Ben, especially after he had returned home from Vegas. He didn't let me out of his sight, and he never wanted to leave the house unless it was to go to work or go grocery shopping. As they continued to read the string of messages, it appeared that Ben had agreed to go out with his friend that evening. I figured Ben just must have been so tired from our many sleepless nights as new parents and maybe he just completely forgot and had fallen asleep. I continued to read the thread and see that Ben had messaged him back and told him that I had changed my mind and that I would not let Ben go out with him. What the fuck? Why is he blaming me for the fact that he doesn't want to go out with his friend? Phone's going off late at night you pick it up and you start reading and that's because he did give you the codes to yes. his phone oh, which gosh, yes he never would give me really his codes never he gave me his passcode to his social media and then that lasted a few weeks and then oh. I, i'd snooped a few times and then he was done and he changed it the next text from his friend tells ben to nicely ask me again explain that he's only in town for two more days this is when Ben's response sends me into a full-on postpartum explosion. Ben not only tells his friend the most horrible things about how mean I am for not allowing him to go out with his friend, but that I am so awful to him all the time that he tried to kill himself, and he even came close to slitting his wrists. That's when his friend chimes in defending him and telling him to leave me, and what an awful witch I am, and that he doesn't deserve to be treated like that. The messages went on and on, and I became more and more enraged. I would be lying if I didn't admit that I completely lost my shit. I was in full-on yelling, screaming, crazy mode. Wow, and you're like, I just had your 
baby. I just had your baby. You just did what you did in Vegas. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> like, really? I am such a horrible fucking like manipulative bitch and I don't let him do anything. He can't do anything, can't go to the gym, can't go anywhere. He, he basically has to ask to wipe his ass. Yeah. And then his friend's like, oh my God, like I cannot believe you're living like that. I walked over to the couch where Ben was sleeping and I grabbed Ben by his shirt with both of my hands and I yanked him up to a sitting position. The adrenaline had obviously given me superhuman strength. Ben is completely startled and he continuously asks me what's wrong. While sobbing, I scream at him to get his things and leave my house. I pull on him until he stands and I try to drag him to the front door. Ben is in complete shock and keeps asking what he did wrong. I tell him that I read all of the texts between him and Josh and how dare he, after everything he had done to me, tell Josh those horrible and disgusting lies about me. My knees gave out from under me and I fell to the floor and I just sat there sobbing. I looked at him and I said, I've been nothing but good to you. I've loved you. I gave you a home and a beautiful family. Why do you want to hurt me? What did I ever do to you that would make you this mean to me? I sat there, arms wrapped around my shins, forehead on my knees, just rocking back and forth and painfully chanting, why God, why me, why me? I knew I wasn't crying about Ben in that moment. I was crying for myself, about the two babies I had lost, at how weak this man had made me, my ruined credit, my loss of financial security. I cried for the endless amount of times I could have spent with my daughter Lexis, but instead was constantly trying to figure out what Ben was secretly doing. I was so ashamed of myself. With all of the postpartum hormones, with everything I'd been through, I exploded, screaming, yelling, crying, just like, why me? Why God? Why is this happening to me? I literally sacrificed my body and went through hell to bring your child into this world while you treated me like shit and then cheated on me. And now you found this new light and this new love. And even with all of that, you still can't pull yourself together to stop saying the most horrific things about me. He doesn't want to tell the truth. He wants people to feel sorry for him. Very true. Yeah. And so by saying you're a horrible person or I'm a horrible person, people are like, oh, they're terrible women. And poor you. I can't believe that because he wants to paint this picture. Like he's just poor me, sweet little Ben. That's when Ben sat on the floor next to me and he whispered that he needed to tell me something and that he's never told anyone this ever before. He had tears in his eyes and I could tell that he knew he was responsible for my emotional breakdown. I don't respond to what he says, but in a quiet voice, he continues to tell me that he feels a darkness inside of him, a blackness, so to speak. Ben continues to tell me that when he turned 18, something suddenly shifted. He says he doesn't know why, but maybe it was because that was the first year he got on steroids. He then goes on to tell me that he hates himself for the things he does, but that he doesn't know how to stop. I'll never forget it. We're sitting in the dark. It was late at night. Everybody was sleeping. And he just said, please listen, please listen. I need to tell you the truth. Do you think he was really telling you the truth? I think that's the only real honest thing he's ever told me in our entire relationship. The way he said it, he was almost scared of what he was saying. 
to say it out loud meant it was true. And he just said, something's wrong with me and I don't know what it is, but I feel this darkness within me, this blackness. Ben reassures me that it has nothing to do with me and that he's a coward who simply cannot handle saying no to people. He says that instead of saying that he was too exhausted from having a newborn and that he wasn't going to be able to go out late night, he blamed me instead and goes over the top talking about what a horrible person I am. Horrible enough to where he wants to kill himself. He says he doesn't even know why his mind goes off in that direction. It just does. A normal-minded person would think that excuse is totally valid, right? What person would seriously give their good friend a hard time while knowing they had an eight-week-old infant? Ben's friend was a nice guy. He would have totally understood. But Ben was telling me that his mind just doesn't process normally. I start going back and forth lightly, just like, what do you mean? And he's like, honestly, I started feeling different and something changed. And I am not sure why, but I've tried, but it, I, I don't feel like I used to. I've changed and that darkness won't go away. He's like, I don't know how else to explain it. And it scared him. Do you think the darkness that he talked about really started at the age of 18, like he said? I wondered if it was because of the steroids. He started 18. If it was a trigger for mental health that stimulated something. I mean, there's a lot of things that trigger mental health issues. Um, he obviously has a predatory component to he it. Does, he does. There's environmental factors with steroids Very and much. whatever else. Ben then begged me to give him a few weeks to find a doctor to see if he could be helped. He said that if he couldn't, that he would walk away and let me move on and find happiness because I deserved that. The following day, Ben shows me that he had made a doctor appointment that week. Once more, I was stagnant with my decision to make a move in any direction regarding Ben. I was exhausted from the lack of sleep that comes along with having a new baby and just returned to work as well. My mind couldn't think clearly and I was just trying to make it through each day. Ben followed through and went to his doctor's appointment as planned. That evening, he came home with a lot of paperwork and had booked a follow-up appointment with a psychiatrist. Ben's doctor had diagnosed Ben with bipolar and started him on a medication that day. Ben could be very charming and very convincing. He would be good for a time, but just around the corner, he would be more lies and he would become much much more aggressive. I felt and said she should leave him. After a few weeks of Ben being on this new medication, I could see a change in him. He didn't feel the need to go to the gym every day of the week. He indulged in the foods he loved when he wanted and the macho man facade had gone from a 10 to a 3. In the next three months, Ben seemed even more different. He smiled and he laughed more. He even started falling asleep at night at a normal time. He was waking up early for work, and he was just even more productive than he'd ever been before. He was loving, doting, and great with both girls, and best of all, there were no quarterly blow-ups where I would catch him in some bizarre scheme or lie. Month after month, things got better and better. I know this sounds crazy, but I felt like I had started dating a completely different person. And we actually did just that. Ben started courting me and taking me on dates as if we had just met. At the one-year mark of Ben being on his medication, we were both smitten with each other again. In the back of my mind, I couldn't help but feel scared that the old Ben would reappear and this would all be over. We started to discuss the idea of getting married. We had been together for over three years now and had a child. 
Ben would appear to get excited about it, but I felt like he was holding back the truth about how he really felt. After all of the lies and deceit, Ben knew that he had to be transparent about everything. That includes his passwords to his phone and his email accounts. A few months later, while checking through Ben's emails, I saw that he purchased an engagement ring. I was shocked. I clicked on the link and I saw the information on there. I saw that the company he bought the ring from was a company who made lab-created diamonds and gems. The image of the ring was nothing that I told him I liked. I told him I wanted a round diamond, it was square. The stone looked huge and I was shocked at how much it could be worth until I saw the price on the ring, $400. This mofo bought me a fake engagement ring. The only real part was the band. All I kept thinking was that after all of the work that we had done as a couple and now this, I just couldn't believe that he would propose to me and admit that it was fake. So I was angry that he was about to lie to me and act as if it was real. Within a few days, the ring arrived and of course, I intercept the mail to make sure I get to it first. When Ben gets home, I told him I knew about the ring from the email. He actually acted excited, played along, still pretending that it was real. I then pulled out the actual box, ring, and packaging, and I told him to stop lying and that I knew it was fake. He, of course, felt like a dumbass and told me that he knew that I was excited to get engaged, but that he didn't have thousands of dollars saved up to buy a real one. That's when I go on to explain to Ben, like, I could care less if I had a tiny diamond ring, even a diamond less one, a band would work. The point is that you lied to me about the ring and you tried to fool me. He apologizes profusely and after his explanation, I feel like his heart was in the right place. Okay, our listeners are gonna like this part because I this say, ring, this this little, little beauty <laughs> that you find on an email was the ring he was gonna propose to you. So you said, no. Uh-uh, I saw this. I said, oh, hell no. You always say, how do you keep your mouth shut, Athena? It's only been a two occasions. It's been, that was one of them. <laughs> this was the second one. It was to see if when it came. Oh, if he was going to lie. And lie. He did. And he did. did he? Yeah. He totally yeah. did. Oh, my God. And so, so I was like, oh, no. I was like, nice try. I was like, because I looked it up. I got everything. I had the receipt on the email. I forwarded it to myself. You get so savvy when you're dealing with it. Oh, yeah. Idiot. For sure. I wasn't going to go too much into it. I just wanted to see what would kind of come out of this little tidbits of like me insinuating. I knew it had to have been a ring and a box. And then he's like, yeah, it was very expensive. Yeah. And you're like, no, more like $400, dude. I go, well, I go, was not. He goes, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Really? He was like, it was. And I, and I was just like, hmm, well, I hope it's round. And then he was like, don't you worry about that. All you need to worry about is that I spent my entire paycheck just boasting about the money. And I was, then I was like, oh, hell no. You're such a fucking liar. It was $400. I saw in your email. I played you. I've been waiting. And you lied again. Yeah. Oh, my God. Flash forward <laughs> to me. Remember when he got me this custom ring? Right after he met me, I remember him. It was, you know, we met November, December. He had told me right during Christmas. Oh, I got you something else, Amber. He was saying that it was, it's custom made. It finally came in. I had to wait because I, I customized everything. And when he gave me the ring, it was like, he schooled me on the C's, the cut, the clarity, the this, the that. He went beyond, and I don't know 
anything obviously about rings. So I'm just like, oh, okay, cool, it's, it's pretty. I mean, it's probably not what I would pick, but it, it was a pretty ring. So when I went to file divorce, do you remember this? Oh yeah. Uh, oh wait, let's rewind and let's rewind one moment. Yeah. Because Amber does not remember this, guys. But when we first started, kind of talking a little bit, but then kind of doing little small digs, I tried to warn her about stuff. And then when she that very first time rebounds and takes them back and ignores me. And I remember saying, uh, by the way, check your ring. I'm pretty sure it's fake. It got me a fake one. That. Yeah. Wait, when was I that? Told, I told you at Lucky Seven that day we met. And then after that, when we had checked, kind of fighting back and forth, I was like, okay, don't forget, check your ring, it's fake. Oh my gosh, I am drawing a blank and I don't remember this. And everybody kept saying, I bet that ring's fake, just like it did with you. You know what, maybe, okay, I'm totally blanking out, so I'm, I can't remember exactly, but I'm sure when I got home, he probably showed me the card really quick. Like, see, that Biatch is lying. Here's the card that goes with it. Yeah. And I probably didn't look at it very close. And I did not think it was the same one. I just thought he probably went and bought you a fake one like he did with me the first time. I did not in a million years think he still had it. Right? Oh, exactly. So, and I, yeah, he probably showed me, and it's kind of coming back to me now, showing me like a little card. And I'm like, why would a fake diamond come with some clarity cut? carrots like all that stuff what happened was i have forgot about it or something and he made me believe it was a real diamond oh, and yeah. i went and got that thing sized at the jeweler they're probably going oh girl you have no idea. financially he from got ben. me in a hole from ben yes, from yes. the range rover that i had to put on my credit card and you name it i was broke yeah. and my mom's like amber let's go to the pawn shop and sell that thing Let's sell that ring and see what we can get for it. So I was on my way that Monday to take my ring in to get it appraised so I could sell it. And I just happened to have been on the phone call with you and we got to talking and you're like, hey, wait, what does it look like? And, I, and so I describe it and you're like, oh, I think he gave you my fake ring. The one he tried to propose to me with. It never even dawned on me that it was. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? What does it look like? And so I'm describing it and you're like, yeah, that sounds like the one, Amber. And so I sent you a picture. You're like, that's the one. And I'm like, no, you've got to be kidding me. He gave me a fake ring. Here's even more juicy tea. Deanna, one of the many girlfriends that came out of the woodwork, she also got that same oh, ring. That's she also got that same ring. We got in an argument. I threw the ring at him. He took my dirty, I hadn't cleaned it in forever. He took my dirty ring that I had threw at him and he turned around and proposed to her with it that following week as he's begging for me to take him back. Oh yeah. He went and proposed with that same fake ring. I mean, poor Avery. We, at least our rings was $400. She got the $29.99. That's true. Amazon That's right. double the ring. Amazon, the Amazon one. That's right. We'll get to that. That was so bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I know. We're like, girl, right. you got a twenty nine ninety nine Amazon, the wedding ring and the engagement ring. Yeah. Oh my god, it was a twofer. It was a bogo. You lucky bee. Y'all got fake rings. No one got a real ring, and probably no one will get a. I got real, a real ring. ring. Well, finally, but you had to pay for part of it. I had to force it. But no other girl from here on out, they'll probably never get a real ring. Oh, if you're dating out. Ben and you are out there, it's not a real ring. 
few more months go by and everything is still really great. He tells me he has a special surprise for me and that he is taking me out on a date. I immediately start asking questions so I know what to wear. He tells me to be casually dressy and that I have actually already been there. The day arrives and we head out for our dinner date. We drive to downtown Bellevue and I have zero clue where we are going because there are just so many restaurant options in Bellevue. I soon realize that Ben is actually even taking random streets to throw me off about where we're going. Next, he tells me to close my eyes and keep them closed until we park. We pull in and park and he finally gives me the go ahead to open. When I open my eyes, I realize that we are at the sushi restaurant that we met on our first date. I laughed and say, I know where we are. We get out of the Hummer and we walk to the restaurant and have dinner and reminisce about our first date and what we thought of each other back then. We laughed a lot and we had a great evening. It honestly reminded me of how I felt the first six months I originally dated Ben. When we finished up, we left and headed towards the car. Ben unlocked the car and when I went to open the door, he quickly locked it again. I turned around to tell him to quit messing around and when I did, he was down on one knee. He says to me, Athena, you are the most amazing woman I have ever met. And I am so lucky that you are the mother to my child. I love you so much, and I want you to spend the rest of your life with me. Will you marry me? My eyes fill with tears, and I smile, and I say yes. Ben walks over to me, hugs me as he lifts me up. We kiss, and I tell him that he's going to have to put me back down, and we just start laughing. We look at the time, and we know we need to be back home to relieve our babysitter in 15 minutes. Thankfully, we arrive home just a few minutes early, we leave the sitter, and then we ask Lexi to sit down with us in the family room. That's when Ben asks Lexis if it would be okay with her that he marries her mom, and that he had just proposed to me while we were on our date, but he wanted to make sure she approved first. Lexis says, okay, that's fine. And that's that. I remember looking up at me, holding my hand with a <clears throat> clearing his weird throat thing that he does. Yes. Yeah. And I love you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so icked out. I know. <laughs> and you're an amazing woman. And, you know, I know I don't deserve you after everything we've been through. I love you so much. And, you know, I'm just so grateful that you're the mother of my child. And, uh, and it was just like, it was not the proposal I was wanting for and dreaming for, dreaming of. I don't know. That's the one you got. So that's the one I got. Two months later, we decide on a wedding date of July 11th, 2011. I was afraid to get married too quickly because of our past history. I wanted a long engagement to make sure Ben would not revert to his old ways. The next year and a half flew by and everything was still amazing. Every time I got nervous, he reassured me that he was not ever going to be the person he once was. So with that, you decided to start planning. You chose July 11th. Mm-hmm. 2011. So you just hit the ground running and started planning. I'm assuming. No, I think I waited no. like I made a long engagement because I was scared. Oh, that's right. So end of 2009. Yeah. So I felt like it was at least a year and a half. Like a year and a half. So I don't think that I even started. Right. I didn't even start until six months later to give myself, I think, around a year. Yeah, that makes sense. And I was very okay with that. I was in was no rush. He... Did he participate? 
in the planning um, or anything. He did. He did participate. He was a totally different person. He participated. He he had opinions. At the end of it, he was just really like, "Whatever you want. Like, if this is what you want, then that's what we're gonna do." And I didn't want anything very big. I didn't want um, a huge wedding. I'd already had that. He was okay with that. I. I wanted it to be somewhere warm, and so it was safer to go away on the east side. April 2011 arrived, and it was the three-month countdown until our wedding day. I was spring cleaning and going through the cabinets in the garage to get out all of our old unused items to donate or toss when I came across a familiar item that made my stomach sink. I'd found needles that Ben used for steroid injections. I was not sure if these were old and I just had never found them previously. I was, however, feeling a bit suspicious about Ben's recent behavior. I chalked it up to pre-wedding stress and knew we both had a lot on our plate, but the finding of the needles had me questioning the thoughts and suspicion I was feeling. Ben felt more on edge recently and had started hanging out with his old friends who he used to do steroids with. These friends of his were also going to be groomsmen in our wedding. He was also spending more time at the gym, but still, all of these things could be explained because we were only a few short months away from our wedding day. We both wanted to look our best on our special day. We were also dishing out a lot of money on wedding expenses. In June, I decided to have my bachelorette party in Eastern Washington with a group of my girlfriends. We rented a house in Crescent Bar for the weekend and had concert tickets to see Tim McGraw and Luke Bryan at an amazing outdoor venue located in George Washington. The Gorge Amphitheater is a massive venue and is surrounded by the mountains and the Columbia River. Needless to say, we had an amazing time. And while at the concert, we met a group of people who we had a blast with. The following day, we all partied it up again at the local bar. That weekend was one of my favorites of all time. We exchanged phone numbers with our new friends and hoped to see each other again in the near future. They all lived down south in the Tacoma area, so we were a little over an hour apart. Thankfully, with social media, we were all able to keep in touch that way. When I returned home from my trip, Ben was eager to look through my phone and look at the pictures I had taken. I had nothing to hide, so of course I didn't mind. My girlfriends and I posted the photos on social media as well. This is when I saw Ben's behavior shift once more. He was acting extremely jealous and suspicious. After everything he had done in the past, he honestly had no right to accuse me of anything. A few weeks after my girls weekend away, I start to receive text messages from a few of the guys that we had met. They told me that my fiance was reaching out to them and threatening them. Ben, once again, was secretly sending threats to the new friends that we had made. He warned them to stop speaking to me or that he was going to find them and put a stop to it himself. I was so embarrassed. I immediately called Ben and I let him know that I was aware of what he had done. But Ben did not apologize. He instead made excuses for his behavior and said that he had every reason to do what he did. I reminded him that we were both invited that very weekend to hang out with these guys and their girlfriends and their wives. He had zero reason to behave the way he was. How did he know their names to get even in touch? Did he stalk them on social media or somehow get a name so. or go through the names in your... I Yeah, because I didn't hide anything because I had nothing to hide. I got my hands on the message exchange between my friend whom... 
I had met during my bachelorette party weekend, and Ben. Ben keeps accusing my friend about creating some type of profile for me. Looking back and knowing Ben's behavior, I now realize that Ben obviously created it. And what he did was he took photos that were already on social media, downloaded them onto a fake profile that he created for me, stirred up a bunch of drama because he did not want me to be friends with these people. This is another way that Ben wanted to isolate me. As far as accusations of the comments, there were comments made on the pictures that I had posted and it was what a great time the concert was, etc. Nothing inappropriate. I think you might all want to hear them. Ben starts off the thread first and he says, Bad move, dude. I know you are the one who created that bullshit profile. You want beef? You're fucking with the wrong man, little guy. I will eat you for fucking breakfast. Anytime you want to meet up, I'm in Bellevue daily and will be happy to meet you anywhere. Next message. You were fucking making inappropriate comments to my fiance Athena while intoxicated. Someone in your little crew created that profile and I will find out who and will hospitalize them. You better believe I'm no joke. I don't take people messing with my family lightly. As soon as I find out who did this, I will be on their doorstep. My friend responded with saying that he had absolutely zero clue what Ben was talking about, had no idea about the profile. Then he responds with, Ben, if it's as bad as you say, then you will need to contact the authorities, have them figure out where it originated from. Inappropriate comments, question mark? Anyways, I hope that helps. Ben's response, it was already reported. However, I will handle this myself. I have my IT guys tracking the IP address. That's issue number one. Issue number two, the comments you made to my fiance and the fact that you were coming on to her knowing she's getting married. I normally and have fucked people up over this kind of shit. Not acceptable. You can't bullshit your way out of this. You should wise up and be respectful of taken women, especially when their man is a six foot four, 250 pound bodybuilder not wise. This isn't even up for debate at this point. I'm flat out telling you, I wasn't at your doorstep yesterday because I was stopped. Just be smart and respectful of other people's women. I'm the absolute last person you want to mess with or be on my bad side. I'm considering this done. If I hear one more thing, I will be in my car headed your way. Ben continues another message by saying, I just received confirmation through my IT guy. This is from the same IP address as your Facebook. I'm going to give you three choices. You either come meet me, man up to what you did and take what's coming to you. I will come find you, which won't be a problem, or you man up. Admit what you did and apologize and this will be done. If I don't hear from you by tomorrow, I will assume you want me to come to you. Your choice, boy. My friend's response. I know you're trying to push my buttons and I will not allow it. It's hard for me to be upset because I do not know what you were shown or told. But besides that, we both know you were not told it came from my Facebook. No IT guy told you that because I didn't do it. I would have no reason to, but that doesn't matter. Sounds like you're questioning the wrong person. Send me the link. Prove to me that there is a fake Facebook page out there. Have a good night. Ben's response. I have no reason to push some random douchebag's buttons. You still haven't addressed saying inappropriate comments to my fiance motherfucker. Enough said. You don't need to admit shit. I'm coming for you. No joke. I'm going to beat you within inches of your fucking pathetic life. I gave you a chance, you stupid fuck. My friend's response. So there is no link then, question mark. What inappropriate comments did I make? Quote me some. 
There are two sides to every story. Just saying. We have mutual friends. So what I'm going to do is this. I will block you, not because I'm afraid, but rather just to calm you down. And I do not have time for these games. Have fun at your bachelor party this weekend. Blow off some steam and have a good time. I also hope your wedding goes well in two weeks. Like I said, we have mutual friends, so I am sure we'll run into each other. Have a good trip. Uh, yeah. That's really embarrassing. Not to mention the fact that, uh, Benny Boy could have been in major trouble for those very specific death threats if my friend would have turned those into the police. Moving on. We were weeks away from the wedding. I was starting to question everything and I became more and more nervous as we approached our wedding day. There were still so many last-minute details that the wedding planner was working with us on. One day, while going through the wedding emails, I saw that Ben had responded to the wedding planner on his own. He was lying to her and acting like we were having a sudden major hardship, and he was trying to persuade her to cut the cost of some of the items we had included in our wedding reception. Once again, I saw the old Ben creeping back in. Two weeks before the wedding, Ben had asked if I was okay with him tagging along with his buddy to Vegas last minute. Ben's friend had a work convention in Vegas and was very much in love with his girlfriend. And Ben hadn't had a bachelor party and I kind of felt bad about that, so I was okay with Ben going. Ben's behavior the last year and a half gave me absolutely zero concerns about him being unfaithful. While on his trip, Ben constantly stayed in contact with me throughout the entire weekend. Before I knew it, he was already back from Vegas, and we had two weeks to go until the big day. My sister, Aroxy. I worried if he was the right one for her. I felt at times she was a bit naive about what Ben was up to. For an example, Ben started going to Vegas quite a bit, and I had told my sister, Athena, I thought that was really weird. He was going so much without her. And she kind of defended him and said he had to go for work or he had a bachelor party. And she told me that he really doesn't like Vegas. She wasn't concerned. He doesn't like strip clubs. He's more annoyed he had to be there. As I was pulling out the suitcases from the garage to start the packing process for our honeymoon, I once again found steroid paraphernalia. I finally knew without a doubt that these were new findings. I had specifically cleaned out that cabinet during my spring cleaning rampage, and there was nothing left in there but two suitcases. I immediately found Ben inside the house, and I showed him what I'd found, and I told him to not even think about lying to me about it. I told him that I'd just cleaned out that cabinet, and there was absolutely no chance that those items were previously there. That is when Ben comes clean and tells me that he had relapsed a few months ago. Ben explains to me that being at the gym again and hanging around his friends who use made it much too tempting to ignore. He said he felt less than and so skinny standing next to them. Ben says that his insecurities and weakness got the best of him, but that he would stop immediately. We were leaving the following day to get married. Our friends and family had all booked rooms and everything was set. My mind was spinning. My worst fear was coming true. I wasn't crazy. I had been right about my suspicions. I felt stuck. How could I stop the wedding less than 24 hours before we were set to walk down the aisle? I just really felt like something was shady was up. There was his steroid use. I just really never trusted him. And I think my sister gave him the benefit of the doubt for her family's sake. 
we all thought there was kind of something off about him, and little did we know how right we were. I decide to move forward, and we leave that afternoon for our destination wedding. Once we arrive and settle in, we meet up with our friends and family for the wedding rehearsal, followed by dinner by the pool. It was beautiful and everything I had imagined so far. We all turned in early so that we were well rested for the big day. Morning comes and the wedding prep begins. Even though I was caught up in the beauty of the hotel and vineyard as well as the excitement of our friends and family there with us, I still felt a nagging voice in the back of my mind telling me to not go forward with marrying Ben. I ignored the warnings and I just kept moving forward. It was time to start the wedding picture, so off I went with my girls and my mom. Ben and I had decided to wait to see each other until I walked down the aisle. Therefore, we took pictures separately with our bridesmaids and groomsmen, and then after the ceremony, we would do our photos all together. Finally, the time had come to walk down the aisle. I had decided to have both my mother and my father walk me down. My mother walks into the waiting room where I was hidden so that Ben would not see me. She smiles at me and she holds my hands and she asks me if I'm okay. I tell her I'm nervous. She looks at me and she says, if you don't wanna do this, I will go right out there and I'll let everyone know that we're just gonna have a big party, but that you two are not gonna be getting married today. She then tells me not to worry what anybody would think or say and I just needed to do what was right for me. I told her I felt like I couldn't do that to everyone and that I was ready to walk down the aisle. Boy, do I wish I would have listened to her back then. She just knows her girl. She's so she's so intuitive. She's like you, very intuitive. But yeah, and then she just said, which I know I've said this before, but she just said, if you don't want to do this, just let me know. And I was like, no, I can't. Everybody's come so far. Like, I can't, I can never do that. Like, people paid for their rooms and, and it was all about money and inconveniencing people. My mom goes, Honey, this is your life. Who cares? People needed to get away. I think she threw it out there just, just in case I needed to hear it. And she wasn't pressuring me either way. Right up to the moment, her dad and I walked Athena down the path at the vineyard to marry Ben. I asked her to reconsider not going through with the wedding, that I would go out, let the family and guests know that the wedding was off and we could just have a party instead. I know now that I wish I could have convinced her that day to take my arm and walk away. This man has brought so much grief and harm to so many women and their children. The wedding continues and we have an amazing time at the reception. Everyone enjoys themselves and all too quickly, the weekend comes to an end. It was time to return back home. I had the wedding certificate that was signed and ready to be sent off in the mail. I knew that I had a certain time frame to have it in by. But every time I walked to the mailbox, I found myself not being able to drop the manila envelope into the mail drop. Once the last day to submit the signed marriage certificate had arrived, I knew I had to make a decision. I decided to drop it in the mail the following day, knowing that the date to turn in by had passed. I hoped that they would not accept it and instead send us a letter letting us know that we would need to reapply for a new marriage license and have everything redone and signed again. That would buy me more time to figure out what I was going to do. I just had this this feeling of you should you should do that that's your child's father just do it like you have to take one for the team if you're not gonna be happy then 
it doesn't matter, but you have to, I don't know. I just, I just had this internal fight with myself and then I decided, okay, I'm going to wait till the day after the date it showed that it was due by. That way it won't even show that it's postmarked and I'm going to put it in. And I remember, oh, I remember after so many weeks calling them and she was like, oh, don't worry, sweetie. We got it. Don't even worry about that date. Like, oh. we totally put it through. It'll probably post any day. Don't you worry. We know we got it late, but we were not going to do that to you. Not especially with something, this happy special occasion. I was like, F. Oh, Ugh. no. And now, your red flag, not so fun fact. In this specific episode, I'm sure you all saw a bunch of red flags. But one of the things that I want to focus on is not trusting your gut instinct. So I came across this really great article on healthline.com written by Crystal Raypole and then reviewed by Dr. Legg. Now in this article, they talk about what gut feelings actually feel like. So let's go over some of those. Ever experienced a nagging feeling of unease about a situation? Suddenly felt suspicious about someone you just met? You can't explain your feelings logically, but you know something is not quite right. Or maybe a rush of affirmation or calm floods you after a tough decision, convincing you that you're doing the right thing. Gut feelings can evoke a range of sensations, some not unlike the physical feelings associated with anxiety. Other, more positive sensations might seem to confirm your choice. Some people describe gut feelings as a small internal voice, but you'll often hear your gut talking to you. Now physically, signs of a gut feeling can come across like a flash of clarity, tension or tightness in your body, goosebumps or prickling, stomach butterflies or nausea, a sinking sensation in the pit of your stomach, sweaty palms or feet, thoughts that just keep returning to a specific person or situation, feelings of peace, safety, or happiness after making a decision. So you'll see that they are both talking about a gut feeling where you're actually on the right path and then you're maybe gut feeling physically where you're not so sure you're on the right path. Now in this article, the author goes on to talk about the gut feelings often seem to just come out of nowhere, but they are not random and they actually do not originate in your gut either. The gut-brain connection makes it possible for emotional experiences to register as gastrointestinal distress. Mm, that makes so much sense. So when you're feeling anxious, fearful, or certain that something's wrong, you might experience stomach twinges, pain, or nausea. And that's where the name gut feeling comes from. Another important key factor is, you know, just also thinking of these gut feelings as a type of prediction based on your previous experiences. Even memories that you don't fully recall or information you aren't even consciously aware of can guide you. An example of listening to your gut instincts, especially in the dating scene, could be something as simple as when you match with someone on an online dating app, and then you meet in person after a few weeks of texting. Things start off well, but suddenly you feel uncomfortable, but though you can't say why. Eventually, you say you're not feeling well and you leave. Back home, trying to puzzle out what happened, you glance back over their profile and your earlier messages between the two of you. Some of the information, like their last job, where they went to school, how their last relationship ended, completely conflicts with what they said on the date. You didn't catch the lies in the moment, but they still served as red flags to wave you off. 
I definitely know that when we have bad experiences and definitely make wrong decisions, we begin to not trust ourselves, not trust our gut instincts. And all I can say about that is that is very, very normal and you're not alone with that. When that happened to me, I had to take a step back. I did a lot of counseling and self-reflecting and it took me at least a year to really fully trust myself again. So if you're in that situation right now, don't feel hopeless because you are very, very strong and we naturally have our gut instinct built into us. So you just need to do a little bit of work to get that back. Start out with little small things and see what the results are. That is a really good way to start rebuilding your instincts or your intuition. I know I've said this many times and I'll say it again. I wish I would have listened to my intuition and my gut instincts. So, ex-fans, listen up. Do yourself a favor and go as slow as you need to, but figure out why you're feeling a certain way. And if you are right, walk away. Love yourself more and don't feel the need to give anybody else a million chances. Not even one if you don't want. Don't even give them one chance. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. So I see it, I open it, it powers on. I'm like, oh shit, okay, cool. I, my mind doesn't even go there. One phone number, one text thread. And so I'm going back and forth and it's not making sense. I see the dates and I just grab my laptop, plunk in the number, bada bing, bada boom. Biatches in Canada. Biatches in Canada. When she doesn't want to come clean and acts like I'm the crazy one, it makes me even more angry. His friend Doug, who was a groomsman at our wedding, allegedly got this woman pregnant. Whatever I had, I was so sick. I mean, I had been very sick before, but this was a different kind of sick. I thought, am I gonna leave Italy? Am I gonna die? I remember like kind of falling asleep and then waking up and hearing him talking and praying and he was crying and begging God. If you make her better, I swear I'll be a better person, please. Thank you so much for calling me. I'm so, so sorry, so I apologize. Like he fooled me, he was my best friend through thick and thin. She snuck behind my back, found a new place, opened up her own company and stole all those clients. And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.